Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. This is part two of a very important and interesting conversation with uh, retired police chief, Keith Merritt. Uh, you probably heard about his, his experience in the last episode, so I'm not going to go over it. And, but I do want to share again that in the first episode, we talked about racism. We talked about uh, how to uh, successfully recruit minority candidates into the police force. And uh, we also just talked about, um, you, you know, how does, how does one navigate the system, especially as a, as a, even as a candidate, as a prospective police officer, and also an existing police officer, what do you do in terms of trying to navigate the system that, that, that unfortunately is still not set up to necessarily help you or support you. But today, we're going to talk about racial profiling. That's where we kind of left off at the last interview, which is why I said, you know, we need to do this a second time, because this is uh, an ongoing issue that's been happening for years now. And um, we're having this conversation as we see marches on the television with um, the latest um, person who, who got killed. Um, his name is Stefan Clark, who was shot 20 times by police officers in Sacramento. And uh, there are marches going on right now, as I said, and they're still trying to figure out the details. And, and the, the lawyer for Trayvon Martin has been hired. And so we got a lot of chaos going on. It's been going on for quite some time now. We've had multiple people. We we're talking about Sandra Bland has happened, um, has been killed. Eric Gardner. Philando Castile, Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin. There are countless people who have lost their lives, all black. That's the commonality. So I would love to be able to have this conversation with you. So thank you again for joining us today. Superintendent Keith. Yeah, I I was going to correct you on that. You gave me a a promotion, which I might have or might not have deserved, but it's superintendent, not chief. So, okay. So, so is that different? Is that, is, you can explain to me, is that different? Is that different in, um, in Ontario? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my rank as a superintendent, uh, the next rank above me would be a deputy chief, and then the final rank would be this, the chief himself. So, Oh, okay. That's, that's my positioning. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. Well, thanks for correcting me. All good. All good. <laughs> okay, great. So, so let's, let's just delve right into, into, into the topic. What is, your, what is your opinion on racial profiling? Is, is, it, is, it, is it an actual thing? Is it true? There is no question in my mind, based on all the information that we do know, based on my experience, it is absolutely a fact that there is racial profile. Can't deny it. Um, and I've witnessed it firsthand. I've been in tribunals addressing it. Uh, I've confronted it. I've been a part of an organization that addressed it on many levels. Um, so there is, there is, I mean, it's, it's an argument that doesn't even um, worth, it, there's no value in talking about does it exist because we all know it does. Um, it's an absolute fact. Well, I, I, I will have to push back because there are people who, who swear that does not, it, that's not the case. Yeah. And well, that's not. Who, there are people who say that I'm, I'm just policing. I don't see color. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just doing my Nonsense. job. I'm going after the criminals. 
Not nonsense, nonsense. There's, there's, there's just way too many examples of, of racial profiling that are provable, that have been proved, that have gone through uh, the criminal justice system, that's gone through community advocacies um, to, to ever deny that that is something that is, is factual. Uh, so it's a nonsensical argument. So the better argument is to say, yes, it does exist. Now, what do we do about it? How can we alleviate this problem is the better question, right? Not that does it exist, it does. Okay, so let's, let's, let's start with that defining racial profiling and, and in the context of the carding system that, that's been, um, I guess it's still being debated in Ontario. And can you just explain to, to, the, to the listeners, and, and, and I know some, many of the listeners are actually from the U.S., however, um, the, I would, to, 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 to let you know the, the, I guess the equivalent of, of, of the carding system, so to speak, in, 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 um, in Ontario is um, like stop and frisk. So now we have an idea that it's, it's basically it's prejudging um, somebody just by looking at somebody, they decide, you know what, you are, you are, you have, you are, you, you could potentially be uh, a criminal. Right. So I'll start like this. In, in, in Canada, the history of carding had value. Uh, once upon a time, it was an investigative tool. Let me explain how that worked. And the, the best way I can do this is a simple scenario where police officers uh, let's say it's 1.30 in the morning and they're doing patrols. They go into an industrial area. There's the vehicle behind a factory that is closed. The factory sells and makes uh, stereo equipment. There's no reason for that vehicle to be there at that particular time, two individuals inside the car. The officer would approach the car and start a, a questioning, an investigation as such. And um, if there is no criminality found, the officer would just document the contact and submit a card. That was a contact card. That was your carding. That was, the, and at some point in time in the future, if uh, there was, let's say similar, uh, there were break and enters in the area, that could be an investigative tool where they go back into the system that uh, contains a card and see uh, if there was any activities months ago, yes, there were two guys here, they, their names are this and that, that you could start an investigation based on something like that. That was the premise of the carding once upon a time. Mm -hmm. It is no longer the case. What's happened is officers have taken upon themselves to confront individuals that, uh, are, that have nothing to do with anything in terms of investigation or criminality. It's just a random check where they would take the individual's information and put it into a system. And at some point in time, um, it's proven that the information on the card is not accurate and is detrimental to the individual. And I'm talking specifically our diverse community. I'm talking about young black men in particular. Mm -hmm. And that's where it, it kind of came off the rails is when the, these officers decided that it was a rite of passage for them to confront anybody that they felt they wanted to confront, take their information and put it into a system. And, and, and at some point in time, uh, the, the recipient of that carding uh, was adversely affected. And that's where, you know, we can move on to how it affected them, 
uh, and the, the, the situations that I came across specifically where carding was, has been detrimental to our young black uh, men and women. I think that'd be great. Let's, 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 can you share an example of that? Yeah, so uh, the last time we spoke, we talked about the recruiting process uh, where young black men, black women, uh, try to uh, get onto the police service and were blocked uh, at several stages. One of the blocking mechanisms was in fact the carding. I'll give you two quick examples. Um, I had uh, a young man that called me on the telephone. He, I worked with him, he's an officer. Uh, his brother has been trying to get on the police services in Ontario for a number of years unsuccessfully. Uh, of course, they don't tell the individual why he is uh, not successful, they just uh, cut him out. And he asked me to have a look at why his brother is being blocked, so I did. And it came down to a carding issue. Uh, years before this young man applied to the police service, his name was submitted into the system as being in the, um, in the companionship of a number of individuals that had criminal records. Uh, so he became, on the document, an associate to these individuals. Really? Yeah. So uh, the situation was a car was stopped uh, in, in the city and uh, there were a number of individuals in the car. No criminality, but they were, the, the names uh, were taken from these individuals. Some of them had criminal records and his name was included on that, that card that was submitted. So I looked at this individual. There is no criminal history on this young man whatsoever, none. The man has um, eventually went on to have two degrees and was currently a teacher in a high school. Mm -hmm. So I sent one of my uh, detectives down to uh, where the carding happened, the area, and I said, asked him to look into it. When he did, it turned out that this individual was not even in the car. He was not what? part of it. It was somebody in the car that gave his name wow. and put it down on the card. And now this, this young man became associated to uh, criminal activity and was blocked now in the future from getting a job in the police service. And, and I don't wow. know how many other applications he put in to other places uh, that he wanted to work and he was blocked because of that. That's just one example. That's, that's okay. That's so, I was going to say guilty by association, but he wasn't even there. So, so either, so are there no, no, is it no process, no, no checks and balances in place where like, if, if, if they're going to have that, why not even send some documentation? To, to, to the citizens saying, you know what, you have a, car, you have a card and, and give an opportunity for someone to dispute it or even to acknowledge it and to fight it. But, but to have this, this, this random card sitting in a police station, uh, I could have one right now and, and not, not know it. So you could have one, yes. That's, that's, that's really disturbing. It's very disturbing because all they would have, would have had to do is to go back to that card and do a little bit of investigation, not even a whole lot. Mm -hmm. what, was, what, was all, what was the card, carding about? That's what my officer did. And it, in no time, he realized that the name was made up. It was not even wow. this individual. Wow. You know? I had another one um, where a young black man uh, lived in a, a housing complex. 
and we we call that at at risk uh, communities mm -hmm. um simple thing he was out uh, kicking a ball around with uh, some of the people that lived in that area and uh, the officers approached them took their names and some of them had criminal background histories now this young man is connected to these individuals by virtue of a card right he's now associated they put his name with this uh, with the other individuals mm -hmm. and called him an associate so again the same scenario where this young man applied to my service for a job mm -hmm. when uh the recruiters did a background check on him they found the card that said he was associated to these other individuals and was precluded from going any further wow luckily this was brought to my attention when I sent an investigator to look. That's where the young man lived. Really? That's where he lived. These were people in the units. He was kicking a ball around. And now he's in a system as associated to individuals that have criminal records and precluded that's, from other jobs. That's, that's incredulous. So, totally so, so why is this not considered a, a form of harassment? Well, it is. It absolutely 100% is. You see, when the police, police approach you, if there's no criminality, if you're not under investigative detention, which means that there's an active investigation ongoing and they need you required to be there, mm -hmm. then you do not have to speak to this officer. You do not have to provide your information. You don't have to do it, but the officer will not tell you that you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's a form of intimidation. But right? there's also fear too, that if you don't comply, that they can make something up. Absolutely, yes, that's a problem also. But the law is clear, it's okay. clear. You are free to go, you do not, you're under no obligation to mm -hmm. speak to that officer, period, yeah. if you don't want. So I'll share, I'll share my, my brother-in-law um, lives beside or lived beside a, an older um, white woman and, and uh, they used to kind of walk to the grocery together and, and he would help her out. One day they were, I think they were walking back to, 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 the, um, to the building and all of a sudden this police car just, just pulled up beside them, came out of the car separated him put him in, in one area and put her in another area and in and, and, and the two officers each kind of interviewed them basically asked my brother-in-law um how do you know this woman and and then at the same time asking the older woman the the, the white lady uh you know is, is, is do you know him um is, is, he, is he is he is he is he keeping you against your will just oh, oh boy so and and, and oh, my brother-in-law he would not hurt anybody <laughs> he just so 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 that kind of thing hearing that it's infuriating so are you saying in that particular instance that he could, is that considered a contact? Absolutely, yes. And wow. uh, I, what right do they have to do that? What are the grounds for them, for officers to be able to behave that way? There has to be a reason and mm -hmm. it has to be a legitimate reason, not yes. because they feel, it's got to be a legitimate reason. Yes. And if it's not, you are under no obligation to speak to that officer. None. So we talked about accountability in the first interview. 
because because uh, you know people don't people don't do things in 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 the capacity of their jobs uh unless they know that somehow they'll get away with it so i'm i'm yeah. saying this because so is that is that is that poor leadership is the, is 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 it is it the police chief or, or or i don't want to indict anybody but but why why do some officers feel like they have that no holds barred yeah. unchecked authority to do whatever they want what a great question. So let me tell you this. At one point in time, and this is very, very recent, a year ago, the carding was part of an officer's evaluation. What? Yes, it was. Meaning what? How many did they get? So exactly. Exactly. Wow. There was a section in their uh, evaluation that uh, accounted for the number or listed the number of street checks that were done by that, in, that uh, individual officer. And you can understand an officer that has five street checks as opposed to an officer that has 150 street checks, in terms of the evaluation, the one with 150 street checks is in quotation marks doing their job. So it was part of their evaluation process. It was just removed a year ago. That's really scary. Absolutely. So, 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 you, so they were, so, so sorry. So, so they were being um, judged or evaluated based upon the number as opposed to the quality of the interactions. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I, you would, you would literally be spoken to if you came in with under the average amount of street checks. So, if on your platoon, if the average was thirty for the year and you were at uh, 19, you would, be, you would be spoken to about that. You need to increase that. That's a fact. I'm floored. It's an absolute fact, yes. Absolute so, fact. So what, what, what made that change? You said last year that was- well, Yes, yeah, so there was a huge uproar in, in Ontario about the carding. Uh, you know, it was uh, disproportionately aimed at at uh, black, young black men, disproportionately. I think the, the number was three or four times the number of black men as opposed to anybody else were stopped and carded. Uh, this blew up. Um, you know, it was targeting policing, uh, targeted policing and um, the community weren't having it anymore. You know, it was over policing. Uh, they would go into the at-risk uh, neighborhoods and, and uh, say they need to clean it up and they would systematically go in and pick any black, young black man that they could find and put them in the system. Uh, anyway, uh, bottom line is the community got together, said this is wrong, we're not taking it anymore. And the uh, hue and cry and we banged and we made noise and uh, ultimately uh, parts of the carding process were, were changed for the better. Wow, absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, well that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. I'm floored. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really floored. It's so, so let's just change gears. And, 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 and can you just help us understand what's going on in Sacramento with that? And of course, of course, we, we, this is from a distance and it's a, it's a, it's a helicopter analysis from your, from your 30 plus years of experience in, in, in policing. The, the, the problem that people are, are having right now with all the protests, they're saying that he was shot 20 times in his grandmother's backyard. 
there was, uh, I think, a five-minute wait to actually um, get him aid or, or even to give him any kind of assistance. Or, uh, what do you, what do you, what, you, just, please just tell me, what, what, what do you think about what's, yeah. what's going on there? You know, you know what? Um, sometimes I, I'm lost for words uh, because to me, I don't quite get it. Why are so many black men being assassinated by the police? I don't get it. I do and I don't. I know that we have to take each case individually, mm -hmm. but the numbers are staggering. Yes. And the situations are just as incredible. Mm -hmm. you know, the situations, you know, what's coming out now is no longer do you have the word of the officers on scene versus the, 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 the situation. Now you have cameras and, and audios and, and, you know, witnesses and all the rest of that. And it's flushing itself out to yes. the criminality mm -hmm. that is happening out on, on the streets. I've been in hundreds of situations over my 31 year career where we've confronted dangerous individuals and we've not killed them. We've not killed them. Not one situation really? that I've been in that we've killed anybody. We've not so, killed them. So are you, are you suggesting or implying that, it's, that, that, that people are making a conscious decision to kill? Well, that's 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 hard to say because it's situational i get it but by virtue of the numbers by virtue of some of the cases that i've seen flash out yeah there was a conscious decision to pull that trigger and i and i i, I truly believe mm -hmm. that in many of these cases there were other ways to handle it i truly believe that now I spent uh, four years as a training officer. I taught use of force and firearms and officer safety. In terms of the rounds fired, what we taught was the last resort, of course, is the firearm. And if you have to use your firearm, you use the firearm until the danger is no longer present. Mm -hmm. All right. That's, that's the, the, the food for thought for that. Never, never have I ever encountered or heard of officers firing 20 shots at an individual. Because to me, that is just, they just wanted to kill that individual. And, and, right? I, will, and I will add, um, in, I read an article this morning that one of the officers actually reloaded his gun before they contacted any kind of aid to assist, in, to assist the young man that was killed. So the, question, so the question is, all right, so they fired their, 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 their weapons. And if they fired it once or twice, okay, so what? Why would it take five minutes to render aid to this individual? Why would it take five minutes? That is a crucial question. Be because... Yes, they've incapacitated the individual. They 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 fired and shot this individual. 
there is no longer a threat. That's right. It's, the threat is non-existent. They've dropped this man. Why would it take five minutes to render some kind of assistance to this, this, uh, this individual? That's an important question that I hope, I hope, I hope will be asked in, in looking at this. And, and, and so back to your point about the, about the, about the shots. So I, I, can, you, can you help us understand? So is it, I don't know anything about guns. So is it, is it bang, 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 Like, do you have to like pull the, like, do you just pull the trigger once? Do you have to pull the trigger 20 times or is it like automatic? How does, how does, how does 20 rounds get out so quickly? That's what I'm trying to figure out. What is Yeah, each shot is individually. Individual, I'm sorry. You have to squeeze that trigger every single round. No. So between two of them, they squeeze that trigger at minimum at least 20 times. Wow. Between, yes, yes. So I, I don't know uh, how many uh, rounds actually struck the individual. I don't know. Um, that's, I don't know if that's neither here or there. I don't know. Uh, but the fact that this individual is not firing back because he did not have a weapon, how do you justify, unless he's standing up for 19 of the 20 rounds, uh, he's still a threat. They discovered, they discovered he only had a cell phone. Well, I mean, nobody's firing back at you. Why are you firing, tw firing 20 rounds? Okay, no, let, me, let me play devil's advocate here. Okay, so let's, let's, let's lay the scene out. So, so there's a 911 call, allegedly, that there's a, um, um, a person who's going from, from backyard to backyard or in the neighborhood, smashing windows, I guess, stealing or, or whatever. I'm not sure what he what was doing, but nonetheless, that, that's what the, that was 911 call. Um, helicopter came, police arrived, it's dark. And from what I read in an article, the police officers uh, chased this person to the backyard, his grandmother's backyard. And the only lights that were actually able to illuminate what was happening were, were flashlights that were kind of attached to the, to the, to the police guns. So in that right. context, where it's pitch black, they're running after somebody whom they don't, they don't know whether he's, he's, he, he, he is, 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 is armed or not. Um, and so there's a, so in that sense, in that sense, there is a threat to the police officers. No question. So, yeah, so go ahead. Okay, so, so then, so, so they get to the backyard, they see somebody in the dark, they only have those two flashlights. Are, are they not, are, I can understand that the threat of being, of being fearful, even if you're a police officer. So I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. And, and so so are they justified in, in what happened, do you think? Where the, you know, you have to consider all of the options, right? I don't know how many uh, police officers were in chase. Um, there were two. There were two. Mm -hmm. I don't know where their backup was, uh, you know, in terms of time to get there. But there are other options, right? There are other options to, you know, to contain the individual. There's, there's options of, of seek, cover, and, and contain. What does um, that mean? What does that mean? Basically, it means that the, you have the individual in sight mm -hmm. uh, to some degree. Um, it's incumbent upon you to take shelter and, 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 and screen yourself from uh, anything that the, the, the individual could, could do. Fire uh, his gun or a knife or come at you. So you, you, you kind of get yourself to safety. Meanwhile, you are um, 
scoping out the situation, you're analyzing, you're on the, uh, the, the radio calling for backup and for assistance and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The way we used to do it, <laughs> and I don't know if it's, uh, if it's still being done, but we would, uh, we do a diamond formation, we call it, where we would, uh, if you have two individuals, you would be on the pinnacle of, of a diamond facing the individual. And that way you have good view. And we would wait for backup to come. We would not approach this individual until we had sufficient overwhelming uh, force to, to make that arrest. We, hmm. wouldn't do, we wouldn't put ourselves in jeopardy um, in a situation that we don't have any control over. Okay. So, so you know, it's hard to play uh, backseat driver and backseat, you know, coordinator. Um, but just based on my experience, and I've been in a number of situations where we've chased individuals into, into uh, situations where um, uh, it was poor lighting, it was uh, tenuous. Uh, but we always took a step back yes. and we, and, and until we had full control of the situation. And uh, I think that's where if, if there's any um, blame, I suppose, not being on scene, I, I would say that would probably uh, be one of the things that we need to look at. Okay. I appreciate that because, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the lawyer for the family said this morning, and he actually also represented the Trayvon Martin family. And he said, the MO seems to be shoot, shoot when it comes to people of color, black people, shoot first and ask questions later. Mm. That seems to be the MO. Yeah, and, and, I'm gonna, and I'm going to couple that with, because I had this question. We, we, we just witnessed a massacre in Florida with that student who went inside the building and killed 17 students and, and, and teachers. Yes. Why was his life spared? We, we, they, they knew he killed 17 people. And they were in pursuit of him. Was that a conscious decision not to kill him? Because that would have been that also would have been a justifiable killing. But no, knowing that he knowing that he had killed seventeen people, I'm, I'm just wow. trying to I'm trying to understand why some people's lives are spared and why others why others are just snuffed out in a second. Yeah, so uh, I I can't answer that because I don't know I don't know the circumstances how he was arrested. I I don't know, but it really begs the question, doesn't it? It really, truly begs the question. There was a, an incident, and, and I, forgive me, I don't know the individual's name, um, but a young black man with, I believe it was his girlfriend and a young, uh, a young child in a vehicle. Um, that happened here in the U.S. That, I think that was the Philando yeah. Castile, yes. Right. So um, fortunately, there was some video and audio that uh, went along with that investigation, and I did have an opportunity to see it on the TV. Mm-hmm. And I cannot, I can't rationalize or justify in any way, shape, or form why that young man was assassinated. And that's what it was. It was an assassination. Yep. It was an assassination. You know, um, the young man, according to what I heard and saw, uh, indicated to the officer that he had a firearm. He that's indicated. Right. He, he was, yes, I do, sir. I have one. You know, in my mind, the way we would do it in terms of use of force is that we would slow everything down. Okay, I acknowledge that you have a firearm. I'm going to give you a set of instructions. Please listen to what I have to say carefully and do what I want, want you to do carefully. Slow it all down. Oh, wow. Okay. 
And now we have we established a, a firm line of communication mm. and really nothing should go wrong from that point. Mm-hmm. As he would, the, the young man was not trying to evade. He was not trying to escape. He wasn't involved in any criminality. Nothing. That's right. Nothing at all. How does that lead to him being killed in that vehicle? How does that happen? In front of a child, yes, and his fiance. And his fiance. I mean, that, I, you can't rationalize that. So, but I, but I, that's, so, is, so is this different training? Because I, what you said there is, 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 is really compelling. Because as an officer, if you come up and you, and you, you take charge, basically, and you say, as you said, um, I want you to do this, 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 this. Then you are giving command, direct commands and communication to, to whomever person you're in contact with. And then if they, and if they don't, and if they don't um, um, respond to your command, then, then, they, then, there's, then there's license or then there's, 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 there's cause to be concerned. So, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he essence, go ahead. In essence, you know, slow it down. Slow down and make sure there's no misunderstanding, no miscommunications anywhere. Slow it down, right? There in, there, there's indicators. This young man is not indicated in any way, shape, or form that he's going to give you a problem. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you, 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 you're not cautious, but it's, it's a different indicator than somebody who's jittery and, uh, you know, reaching and, and doing all kinds of nonsense that, yes. you know, that, that would give you concern. So you can certainly set up a line of communication with this individual now that he's, he's indicated to you that he is in possession of a firearm. Mm-hmm. Why would he tell you that if he, if he wanted to kill you? Very he wouldn't true. tell you. That's right. He wouldn't tell you, right? That's right. So. And that actually ties to, I, I actually interviewed uh, Chief Rory Whitehead of uh, the Snellville Police Department uh, last year. And, and he actually, we talked about the, the, the behavioral indicators that, um, that police officers use. Um, and they're trained to recognize, to, to, to right. see if somebody falls into the category of threat or, you know, or, or, or versus just a typical um, um, citizen just going about their, their, their daily lives. So, so, so in other words, there, 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 is, there should be a level of consciousness that goes on here. It's not just, I love you saying, well, I love you saying slow it down. That means that there, there, there is an opportunity to yes. be more cerebral as opposed to being reactive in a situation. Absolutely. 100%. And, and, yeah. and is every police officer supposedly trained in this? Well, they're supposed to be trained in it because, uh, you know, we set up scenarios for the young officers and recruits um, that we, we put them under extreme pressure and we, we hope and, 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 and we expect them to react accordingly to, according to the training that we provide for them. So, the, the first situation that they come across, it's something that they have already experienced in training, should be, to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. And as you progress uh, your time on the police services, you know, the, the experience with you and other officers and your coach officers and that should bring you to a level that you could manage most situations on the road. And I, I just, watching that video, I, I just couldn't, as, as an officer of 30 years, as, as a training officer, comprehend why this young man was, was shot and killed in that way. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. If there's another reason, then they need to tell me because I can't figure it out. Wow. Wow. 
and 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 I commend you as as um uh, as a police officer for actually saying that because because we we do know sometimes that they, we there's there's this um tribalism that goes on and even if some even if one of our peers is 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 acting inappropriately we'll still support because that person is is one of us so um so I I commend the fact that you're actually saying that 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 you know there 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 definitely was some impropriety there because it just it just there was no from my little layman's eyes and no no police training whatsoever it just looked highly inappropriate and I just I couldn't understand make sense of it so to hear it come from you uh, with all of your with all of your your experience, then 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 that's comforting, I guess, for people who are trying to make sense of it, because it's it's yeah. nonsensical. Yeah, and th this young man was killed in in a traffic stop, in a traffic stop, he was shot to death, you know, and I guarantee you, you know, if there wasn't any video and audio, it wouldn't have transpired the way, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't flush out the way we we know it to have been flushed out. Yes, and that's the scary thing. <laughs> it's terrifying. That's a it's scary terrifying. thing. And, 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 and you know what? The way I have to look at it is that I am a black man. Not apologetically, I am a black man. That could very well happen to me. Exactly. It could happen to me, right? Driving my vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, uh, so sometimes I get you know, very, very passionate. And sometimes I, 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 I stumble in my words because it affects me that greatly. Yes. That deeply, you know. And, you know, I have been uh, in an undercover capacity. I don't know if you know a lot of my history, but I've been stopped by the police, them not knowing that I'm a police officer and being treated in the most uh, degrading you know, really bad way that you can imagine wow. as a young black man. Yes. Really? And so yes. do, you have, do you have to, do you have to, so you don't disclose that you're undercover or, or some you of, just... Some of, some of them that, uh, had no idea and still to this day have no idea that I was a police officer. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was one, the one occasion I was working undercover at the time and I, it was way back when, and I had a five liter Mustang, really hot car, mm -hmm. really nice. I'm going home. I just finished my shift, so I'm going home. I was stopped by the police three times in about, uh, it was probably about in the U.S., it was probably about 15 miles uh, of, of drive from where I was leaving to to get to my home. Within those 15 miles, I was wow. stopped three times. And I was very cognizant of their speed limit and my lane changes and all the rest of that. Three times I was stopped. Three times, just going home. Wow. Is that not harassment? Well, absolutely was. I knew it. But they had no idea who I was. It was just they saw a, a black man in this nice car and they needed to know who he was and where he was going. Okay, but 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 after you stop the first time, do they not update and don't don't they put it into the system that that, that says, don't they notate when 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 you've been stopped, and so so the next so the second person along the line would see those notes under your license plate. Like how how does that happen? Yeah, so the first one, uh, so there was two jurisdictions involved in the two uh, traffic stops. Okay, right? so I was going from Toronto area mm -hmm. uh, up into the York Region area. Okay, so the first one. The Toronto officer that stopped me. The second two were York regional officers that stopped. 
So now, so the second York regional officer would not have known that, that, you, he, that you were previously stopped by one of his colleagues in the same jurisdiction? Yeah, he, 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 that's quite possible. Yes. So things are not notated in, in real yes, time? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But there's not necessarily in real time. Okay. Not necessarily in real time. Yeah. Well, that's just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm floored. So, you know, this is, um, you know, th this is an important conversation that, uh, that needs to take place. And uh, can we try and find a way to end on a, on a, on a positive note? What, what, mm -hmm. what, can we, what can we do? What can, you, what can you do? Well, I thank you for your service, by the way. Sure. Um, and, 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 and doing your job honorably and honestly. So what can I do as a regular citizen and, and, and what, 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 can people, what, could, what can listeners do to, to help the situation, if, if at all? So we are doing it. Uh, we, we, we live it every day and we're speaking up on uh, the things that we perceive uh, to be wrong. And when we perceive it, it, it is within us to believe it because it is factual. Um, so every day, uh, you know, it, it's uplifting of us. It's about uh, community engagement. It's about confronting some of the injustices that, that are happening. I mean, you with your uh, radio station uh, is, is phenomenal. I mean, you are reaching a lot of people and you're speaking directly to the issues and there's no fluffing, you know, there's no pretending. Uh, people are calling it out as it is. And uh, we can't be afraid to do that. So, you know what? Thank you for your service. You've given me an opportunity to speak on some of these issues that, uh, that have plagued our community for, 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 for generations. And, uh, you know, things to me are getting better. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, folks like yourself, myself, and others are rising to positions where we have a voice. We're rising to positions where we have uh, some authority over what's happening. And uh, it's not going at the pace that we would like it to go uh, because there are serious injustices that are still occurring uh, and, and some of them with some nasty ramifications. But we are there and we are continuing to rise uh, to where we need to be. So it, there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There certainly is. Mm -hmm. We want to get to that, that light faster than we are right now. Lovely. Well, I so appreciate your time and I appreciate you coming on today. Superintendent Keith Merritt. Uh, again, can, where can people find you? They can find me at uh, my email address, K-M-E-R-I-T-H at Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S. Dot com. Well, I, 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 it's, it seems to me that you could easily be advising many of these police departments <laughs> across North America <laughs> on what needs to be done. Because, you know, for, for you to say about uh, my, my, my takeaway, what you said is slow things down. Slow it down. Slow it down. It's a decision. Slow it it's down. And I guarantee you, absolutely, the outcomes... Um, will probably be better than if you did not slow it down. Yes, so, yes. Slow it down, yeah. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. If you enjoy uh, this uh, show, please uh, go to my iTunes page and uh, write your comments. And also uh, you can reach me at uh, LinkedIn.
at Dr. Dion Poulton, uh, Instagram at Dr. Dion Poulton, and also on Facebook, same, same name, Dr. Dion Poulton. Thank you so much. Thank you.